Sun Devil Show. I am Anthony Totri. We've got the one, the only, Ralph Amson himself joining us today. We've got DJ Danielle making all the magic happen behind the mat. Guys, same as usual, unless you're new here. This will be the first time for you. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and leave a five-star review. Let us know what you like about this podcast, or maybe a way that we could improve the Sun Devil magic. But Ralph, obviously, everybody, not just in Tempe, but all around Big 12 country talking about a first look at the 2024 Big 12 schedule. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. But what I want to hit on first, you've got some tweets. I've seen some some other local media have some tweets surrounding the whole Brock Purdy recruiting situation uh, or lack thereof at Arizona State. I think a lot of people locally kind of understood when Herm Edwards was in place here that he didn't really recruit Brock Purdy all that hard. But from what I saw, apparently on ESPN earlier, he had talked about he always knew. He always knew Brock Purdy was going to be this guy competing in uh, in the Super Bowl at the highest level. I'm just curious what you thought about that whole situation. It was fascinating because, first of all, nobody was really expecting Herm Edwards to recruit Brock Purdy in in the first place. Like, no, there was no offense. Nothing, nothing bad had happened. Only, only bringing it up and not necessarily telling the truth about it would cause anybody to criticize you for not getting something done. I don't know, forty-five days into the job. Like, mm-hmm. imagine ten years from now. Uh, you know, nobody expected Kenny Dillingham to land five-star Deuce Robinson out of Pinnacle. He gave it a go. But imagine like 10 years from now, Kenny Dillingham is like, yeah, no, actually he committed to us. <laughs> like, what? I remember that very much not happening. I remember him scoring touchdowns at, at, at USC. And this is one where I was still on the ASU beat, like as a job, and was there in the room on the spring signing day and had conversations with ASU staff members about the public criticism, whether it was from AZ Central, whether it was from my friends at Sports 360 AZ, about not recruiting Brock Purdy. I talked to a bunch of coaches about it. I've stayed in contact with those coaches as Brock Purdy started four years at Iowa State, Mm -hmm. got drafted as Mr. Irrelevant, and has spent two years going, what, 22 and five or whatever with the San Francisco 49ers. It's not ever something that I've even had the ability to forget because it's been talked about constantly over the last six years. What did Herm do? What didn't Herm do? And again, I want to reiterate, I was there for this. (laughs) And so to hear Herm saying like, I knew he was going to be that, that dude. And I recruited him out of high school. And then he went to Iowa. That's over three, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's over three. I mean, we, we can talk about what actually happened, and it's not anything any Arizona State fan should be ashamed of. They shouldn't really feel like we we, we missed out on anything. We mm. had Manny Wilkins as a senior oh, yeah. in Herm Edwards' first year, um, and he he played the majority of that season. He was beat up a little bit, but he showed a lot of heart. He played that full season, and then we brought in uh, what D- Joey Yellen, uh, <sighs> Ethan Long, uh, Jaden Daniels. There's three quarterbacks. I think a fourth one that started for Baylor this yeah. this last year. So there were a bu- there was a lot of quarterback recruiting that happened um in the class of 2019, but the class of 2018, I've seen people say we already had Joey Yellen and Jaden Daniels in the building, why would we recruit Brock Purdy? No, this is the year before. 
Um, and one month into Herm getting on, on the job, there's a lot of public pressure to recruit Brock Purdy. He gets together with Al Luganbill, who I don't think was officially on staff at that time, but was in charge of really building up what ASU's roster was going to look like because Herm had been out of college football for 30 years. Yeah. And they look at his film and they're like, not for us. Walk on, maybe. He, he didn't have any Power 5 stuff yet, so let's go offer him a walk on. He was not the one to be delivering that offer by the way that was Dan- Donnie Yantis the uh, recruiting coordinator at the time tight ends coach and then Brock Purdy blows up he's the last great available quarterback everybody got to see his film um, and one of the reasons he wasn't recruited got to be very very honest about six foot he could play himself in a movie about his high school journey <laughs> right now he looks that young but he's a bad bad man on the field always has been but for anybody who knows anything about recruiting, if you miss the first four games of your junior year, you're probably not going to get a lot of attention because that's what people go off of. And he had, what, mono or something, and he missed he missed those games. And so he tore it up after that. Everybody knew that he was a star. Ho Rubino at Devil's Digest. You know, I think he had a kid at Perry. He was tweeting about him all the time. I was tweeting about him all the time. I used to just post at University of Wyoming, like offer Brock Purdy because I knew Arizona State wasn't interested. (laughs) Knew Todd Graham didn't care. And so Herm thought he was a walk on. All of a sudden, Alabama, Texas A&M, UCF, Boise State, Iowa State, Kansas. Everybody's fighting over him. He's trying to fit in his five official visits. And Herm, without seeing any more film, without a single other thing happening to change his mind, bows to public pressure and he 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 goes to Donnie Yantis and he says I want you to go to this kid and I want you to say we will offer you but only if you say yes which is corny like it's because the only reason that you do that is you want to create some pressure you also want to let them know like you're not going to be embarrassed mm-hmm. I'm not going to put myself out on a limb and look bad because you said no to me yeah so um, it's manipulative. It's stupid. It happens in recruiting all the time, but Herm didn't make that call. Yeah. He wasn't on, he, he's not the one who did that. Someone else did. And they called and said, if we offer you, will you say yes? And Brock Purdy said, no, thank you. And that's the end of the story. And I get that we were raised by a generation of men who thought that there was no problem whatsoever with saying, you know, I caught a 12 inch fish when it was a 10 inch fish. Yeah. But like lying about going fishing is wild as hell. This man is wild. He is a wild man. It, it's, and I knew he'd be out making the rounds lying about it. And he proved me right. He did it. It's it, it does blow my mind. It, it blows my mind. And just there's an alternate universe out there where Brock Purdy is an Arizona State Sun Devil does what he does. And now we're talking about a Super Bowl featuring an Arizona State quarterback <laughs> throwing touchdown passes to an Arizona State wide receiver, which it's it's just a, a a storybook type of journey that again didn't take place in this reality, but maybe there's some other situation out there. What kills me about this is there was a six foot Arizona State quarterback who ran a four four forty that could have done some of these things and no one took a chance on him. And that's Taylor Kelly. Yeah. Like I I look at Taylor Kelly and Brock Purdy and they, they, they're very similar in what they do. And it just goes to show you that like people have to, if somebody has it, you got to give them a shot. 
Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever physical limitations there might be, if somebody is a natural leader, if if they can uh, grasp your playbook and they can improvise, put them in a situation where you'll find out whether or not they have it or not. They put Brock Purdy in this situation and they are finding out. But we we don't get to claim any credit, especially Herm doesn't get to claim any credit for knowing that he was going to be this great player when he took one look at his film and he said, that's not worth a scholarship and only presented the idea of a scholarship under, under public pressure. Like yeah. there, there's nothing honorable. There's not, no foresight here. Um, Herm Edwards forgotten more football than I'll ever know, but he definitely forgot something here. Yeah, no, most, most definitely, man. Look, Herm Edwards, a, a thing of the past for Arizona state fans, but seemingly he, he comes up time and again here in 2024, but I do want to go ahead, get to the Arizona state, schedule uh we'll talk about the first four games and then we'll continue moving on Uh, obviously you've got wyoming mississippi state and then you're on the road at texas tech and then at or at texas state then at texas tech we knew what those first three games were going to be but they open up big 12 conference play which still sounds weird to say at texas tech against former arizona state tight end jalen conyers who was actually just calling me just a second ago, as you were giving your Brock Purdy take. So we'll see if maybe we can get him on to see what he has to say uh, about that matchup. I'm just curious your opinion on these first four games. I know there's a lot of people that I think are maybe sleeping on Wyoming, maybe think that Mississippi State should be an easier game than it will be. Um, But in reality, those first four games, while they might be easier in comparison to the rest of the schedule, it still feels like you shouldn't be sleeping on what ASU has to do through those first four games. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into Wyoming. From Wyoming, mom went to Wyoming, uncles went to Wyoming. I got a little student ID posted up there above my head of when I was at University of Wyoming in overalls and diapers, right? <laughs> my, my, I, I, run, I run deep with this school. I will tell you this. They're not great on the road. They're tough as hell, not great on the road. Craig Bull has retired. Jay Savell steps in. Um, this is not a pretty offense. They don't play well on the road. You should expect an Arizona State win. You should expect it to be multiple scores. Um, so that, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to be in the stands. I'm going to have indigestion. I'm not going to be feeling <laughs> good uh, about that situation. And they all, they also have a quarterback from Mesa. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Red Mountain and that community shows out. Um, if he ends up getting the starting job, they run the ball well, they, they shorten games, uh, but they're not super athletic on defense, but they do play the same defensive style uh, that Brian Ward brings to, to Arizona State. In fact, Brian Ward is part of that coaching tree, the North Dakota State coaching tree. So uh, Mississippi State, um, they were atrocious last year. Yeah, They tried to run a... Um, like a run first offense with a air raid personnel after the passing of Mike Leach, that team is going to look so incredibly different even six months from now that it's hard to forecast um, what that will be. I would hope that home field advantage is the one thing that, that Arizona state can look forward to Texas state does not currently have a quarterback. Yeah. They'll get one, uh, but they lost their offensive coordinator to San Jose state and JT Finley transferred out Jaden Delora transferred in and then who who knows yeah that whole situation is super super strange because he transferred out finley transferred out after delora got there correct and then delora what a week later 
was almost like pushed out of the program, it felt like. Right. P- public pressure from something that happened at St. Louis High School in Hawaii when mm-hmm. he was a junior. Civil lit- litigation has continued on from that, but St. Louis High School didn't have an issue. Washington State didn't have an issue even through his DUI, which he w- was expunged, yeah. I believe. Um, and University of Arizona didn't seem to have an issue. Um, Texas State brought him in, vouched for him, lost their OC, then five days later said, uh, no mayor, no more. So I don't think they're in a really, really great situation. Texas Tech, I, I think they could go 3-0 into that Texas Tech game. I'm going to be honest, Joey McGuire is awesome. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a recruiter. They were very, very beat up last year. It'll be interesting to see what they look like moving forward because they had Tyler Shuck at quarterback. He's at Louisville now, and he he had missed you know parts of two seasons with injury. Uh, they have Jalen Conyers now. I'm a little bit afraid of him, of course. Uh, it'll be good to see him, but um, if you get a chance to go out to a road game in Lubbock, man, it's awesome. It'll be your real first taste of the, the Big 12. Um, it, it had a, a chance to go out there and cover a game when Texas Tech was running their offense through Kiki Koti. They beat ASU, but the environment was electric. It's like, a, what, a five, five hours? Yeah, I believe five or six. Uh, um, well, I think it's 11 total, but I think it's like f- like travel time. If you're flying, you get there really, really quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you could be in you could be in your home and five hours later, you could be in your hotel in in Lubbock. So highly, high, highly recommend making that trip or get some people together, do the drive. Uh, I think you can see Billy the kid's grave on the way there. That's a fun little stop off. But I mean, th- to me, it seems like three wins and a toss up. Um, but yeah, that's an electric way to start your time in the big 12 being at Lubbock. Yeah. Donald also bringing up in the chat. They got themselves Texas tech, a five-star wide receiver as well. You bring up Jalen Conyers and it's kind of interesting. We've had conversations on this show before with a multitude of different people, just in terms of when Arizona state was going to go to the big 12, or if maybe some of the big 12 schools were going to come over to the PAC 12, that whole situation it did always feel like Texas Tech would have been a, a nice school to grab from the Big 12 to the Pac-12 because it just felt like Texas Tech fit that vibe. They were never really a powerhouse, but you could always kind of see them making some noise. And you bring up an interesting point just about Lubbock and what I think ASU fans are in for, not just to start the schedule, but as you really move along through conference plays, I think you're going to find out that this isn't, the LA schools that you're going to. This isn't, you know, some of the the older days with with Colorado. Like you are going to have sellout crowds week in, week out on the road. You are going to be playing in some really, really tough environments that I, I'm not sure maybe the fan base has fully grasped quite yet, or maybe they just haven't been accustomed to because we haven't seen sellout crowds game in, game out at ASU in, in such a long time. Obviously, Kenny Dillingham and company making some some headway there with that this past season. But I agree with you. I think Arizona State, in reality, should be able to start the season 3-0. and Again, depending on injuries, depending on who's starting at quarterback, there's still so many different things to be decided. I think opening conference play against Texas Tech is going to be a, a real interesting spot in the season for Arizona State. Kenny Dillingham, you're going to get a really good idea, I think, after that game of what maybe this Sun Devil season could look like and should look like. And I I think another really, really fortunate part about this schedule is Arizona State blessed with two bye weeks, thankfully, because of the calendar. Obviously, so many injury issues last season, so many guys 
um, just getting beat up throughout the season. And now you've got two bye weeks. I believe one of those bye weeks does come after that Texas Tech game, the very first conference game of the season. How do you feel about ASU having two bye weeks uh, in their first Big 12 schedule? I love it because it gives you it gives you time to prepare for Kansas and Utah, and that and that's really the meat of your that's really the meat of your schedule because yeah. there's like there's so much hype around this Kansas team, uh, Lance Leopold, Jalen Daniels, everything that they've been able to build. They've recruited the state of Arizona very heavily, so they're going to be bringing probably five six players on their roster back home. Uh, and they've really taken advantage of the new Big Twelve landscape, and then you got you got Utah. And I'm hoping that that game, it says Friday or Saturday. I'm hoping it's on Saturday at the hottest point of the day. <laughs> uh, melt the Utes, <laughs> you know, because they, they, they have long struggled uh, in Mountain America, Sun Devil Stadium. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think having two weeks off before getting into what might be one of the most physical parts of your schedule, having to chase around a super athlete at quarterback and then having to take on Cam Rising and that Kyle Whittingham coach team. Like you, you're going to need some energy for that, and so I think the bye week comes at a at a really really awesome time. Uh, I've I've never seen anything like this before, where every single team has multiple bye weeks. It's uh it, it's very cool, and it gives you a couple of like uh, a couple of breaks yeah. in the season just to kind of gather yourself, judge what who you've been, who you want to be, and what it's going to take to get there. Yeah, I think that's a great point, a, a great opportunity for this team and this coaching staff to evaluate. After the first four weeks of the season, what's working, what's not working. Not to say that they don't do this on a, a daily basis, a weekly basis, but to be able to have that entire week off to be able to really game plan for what's ahead. Because you do bring up those opponents in Kansas and Utah. It was the first thing that I really noticed when you hit the schedule is that's going to be back to back pretty early on in conference play. Some really important and some really difficult games with some dominant teams um, and some Crazy athletes, to be completely honest yeah. with you. So it, it will be a unique situation. And I, I'm kind of excited to see, because that Kansas is going to be the first Big 12 home game, kind of excited to see what what that looks like. Yeah. Because, you know, we know that Arizona is a, is a transient state. It's a transplant state. And, and we've seen uh, what it looks like to have Pac-12 fans you know, buy up a third of the the seats mm-hmm. in the stadium. But but if you've been around uh, Arizona for any length of time, you know that there are just as many people um, from Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas as there are from parts of California, parts of yeah. Washington. And so it'll be really, really interesting. And, and I, I'll also say this because you brought up um, that it's going to be a different experience and, and I think for the the casual or semi-invested Arizona State fan, I think you're right. But I think for the travelers, for the people that are watching on this stream right now, it's going to be a treat. Like they've yeah. experienced Lubbock on the road. They've experienced Stillwater on the road. And, and everyone I've talked to loved it. Mm-hmm. They absolutely loved it in contrast to some of the experiences that they've had uh, on the road in Pac-12 play. And so I think for the diehards, this is going to be like, candy you yeah. know like this is really going to stimulate them because they're they're welcoming to the people that come to their uh to the, to their town um for the most part if you don't piss them off they're not going to try to piss you off like they they love the economic stimulus they love showing you the city that they're proud of um and i hope the arizona state in turn does that with everybody yeah. except for the people from salt lake <laughs> i think that's something that it, it always felt at least for me that the Pac-12 was missing, at least recently, right, mm. was those diehard fan bases. And you start you started to see it kind of 
get more in tune as teams started to grow, as you know, coaching staff started to change. But for a long time, it was just kind of always viewed, in my opinion, as oh, this is Pac-12 football. Whatever you're getting, you know, on the field, the fan base won't show up. There's always so much to do. You got that with ASU. You got that from time to time with the Wildcats. But I would say their fan base does show up for the most part. Um, and, and then you look at specifically the L.A. schools. The L.A. schools were abysmal. I felt like it was an every week tradition that you would see an image on social media of just like an empty Rose Bowl. And you're just like, what's going on? Like, why aren't they packing this stadium game in, game out to try and help their team? Or, you know, it's Saturday. It's college football. This is this is what it's all about. And going to Arizona State versus my first job, then going to Notre Dame and traveling around and seeing those fan bases. It is Saturday is you wait all week for that. You wait all week yeah. to pack a stadium, to tailgate, to support your team, and to to lose your voice. You shouldn't have a voice going into Sunday. And that wasn't always, while I was at Arizona State, the tradition. And I think Kenny Dillingham yeah. and company is trying to bring that back. And I think, honestly, going to the Big 12 is going to help make that change. For sure. A lot of Big 12 fans are out to make a memory. And it's going to be cool. I think it's really going to be cool to be a part of that. I'm grieving the Pac-12 as we speak, grieving the loss of the the Pac-12. Just shut down my Pac-12 podcast after five years. Like it's it's tough. But at the same time, I think that if you you bleed maroon and gold, see a doctor, but if you bleed maroon and gold figuratively, (laughs) like this is, uh, this is going to be an opportunity for you to spend time around people who are really proud of their town and their school. And they want to share it with you. Nobody in LA is trying to share anything with you. Nobody in the Bay is trying to share anything with you, even though I love Cal fans like that. It's, you know, there's only a couple of cities, and I know you got your issues with uh, with, with Boulder, but Boulder <laughs> is one of those where where like you're not just going to experience the game, you're going to experience the culture of Boulder. Yeah. And I think Tempe can be that, even though Tempe is always changing. I think Tucson's going to fit in really, really well in the Big 12. And as much as they hate that this is true, Salt Lake's going to fit in as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're going to continue with the schedule here in a second. I do want to get the short buses super chat. 199, he's got he's got a... A, a ridiculous question, Ralph, but here we are. Who runs a faster 40, you or me? I, I, I feel like it's you. I don't do cardio, man. I don't run at all. I'm a, I'm a distance guy, or I was before I discovered Twinkies. So <laughs> uh, 40, I'm going give it to give it to Toe Tree. Uh, 4,000, maybe I could I will take you. You can take that. You can take the 4,000. I'll take the 40 yards. And then I'll go huff and puff. Maybe I'll stop at uh, Illegal Pete's Tempe location because I'm not going to make it more than 40 yards from Sun Devil Stadium to Illegal Pete's, guys. It is Taco Tuesday at Illegal Pete's. Go check them out, not just for their amazing food, but they do have some great, great specials. They've got drinks. The weather's changing. It's beautiful here in the Valley. All those Big 12 fans are going to really enjoy spending some time when they do get to Tempe, guys. But ring in every single week with some amazing weekly deals that they have over at Illegal Pete's. Kick the Monday blues with $3 margaritas all day long or ease your way back into the week with $2 tacos every single Tuesday. And if you work in healthcare or education, take your team to lunch at Illegal Pete's every Tuesday and enjoy buy one, get one free entrees. And don't forget to unwind after a long day at their happy hour, 3 p.m. through 8 p.m. every day. Illegal Pete's, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. 
And we do have, we got Jalen back. Let's see. All right, Jalen, you're, uh, I'm live, I'm live on the show right now, okay? Oh, what's up, fans? <laughs> what, what, I'm just curious what you think of that, of the, the, the first, first game of the season, man. First. Honestly, I'm not even surprised. Like, you know, it's like, you just know when you're like, you like, cause they were talking about the schedule and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I wonder where we're going to play him at. Cause like, I knew we were playing him here, but I was like, oh yeah, I'll probably be like midway of the season. I don't know, but. I'm not surprised, but yeah, it'll be fun. I just literally just talked to Brandon Bryce and Scat and all them, and you know it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be cool to see those guys that early. It's gonna be fun. Absolutely. You got a score prediction, man? Um, no comment. <laughs> no comment. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have to make our way to Lubbock, and maybe we could do a remote show with you there. Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. I, I'll talk to you later, dude. All right, cool. Have a see ya. All right, Jalen Khan, your thoughts on uh, Arizona State's uh, meeting with Texas Tech. Look, if you're trying to get tickets to some of these games, go check out Game Time, guys. Personally, I've used Game Time already three separate purchases this year for different concert tickets. I was actually having dinner last night with some friends. They brought up maybe going to a Suns game, so we pulled up the Game Time app. Pretty sure you can get Suns Kings tickets for like $13. They have some amazing deals over at Game Time, guys. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download that Game Time app, create an account, and use that code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So I know we kind of hammered home the first four games of the season. Let's go ahead, pull that graphic back up for everybody so they can see what's on deck after that. We touched a little bit on Kansas, Utah, and then you've got some more road games. Arizona State traveling to take on Cincinnati and then to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. Any other thoughts you have on Kansas and Utah before we start diving into Cincinnati and Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, obviously a team that Arizona State has seen uh, back-to-back seasons and then kind of interesting with Cincinnati. I don't believe it's the case anymore, but Emory Jones, obviously a former Arizona State quarterback, last season played at Cincinnati. Yeah, I think I mean, I think my thoughts on my thoughts on the Kansas game are just that uh, if you think that everything they do has to be run through their quarterback, you have to understand that Jalen Daniels actually missed a good portion of last year. They were still fine, they were still ranked. Um that's going to be one to get up for. Like that that's going to be one to pack the stadium out for. I don't think I have to encourage anybody to do that when it comes to Utah. Um the interesting thing about Utah to me is Dorian Singer, right? Yeah. We we experienced Dorian Singer as a member of University of Arizona. Um, he was a walk-on there that got put on scholarship, transferred out to, to, to USC, found himself in a crowded receiver's room, didn't do much. Had a couple of special plays he made um, off the arm of Caleb Williams, but he, he's looking for – he's looking to resurrect his potential – in Salt Lake, where they yeah. do everything through the tight end. I watched Solomon Enos in, in, play at Utah for five years, and what? Never had more than like 25 catches in a season. So that one's going to be fascinating to me. Are they going to change the offense in any way, uh, shape, or form? But, you know, Cam Rising back for year six, coming off, I think, his third major knee injury. He is somebody that ASU recruited. I don't know if people know this, but his older brother, Ty Rising, Sun Devil. Uh, played played on the offensive line was a JUCO recruit, um, but it, it'll be interesting to get one last crack uh, at, at Utah in the Cam Rising era, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, uh, and that that defense is tough. 
that defense is really tough, and uh, but they've struggled in Tempe. And my hope is that the environment is as hostile as possible, uh, and and that they continue to struggle in in Tempe and beyond that. You know, that, we're getting into the area where I don't know much. You know, you brought up Cincinnati. I I know they had Emory. I know that they're they they're having like a resurgence because of the New Heights podcast. Yeah, you see in photos of of Jason and Travis Kelsey and Cincy jerseys everywhere. That your boy Brian Kelly used to be there. Yeah. Um, Tony Pike, probably the quarterback, you know, for as much credit as I take for being right about Josh Allen and Brock Purdy, I thought Tony Pike was going to be the greatest quarterback ever. Uh, (laughs) 6'6", he never did anything in the NFL. I don't know much about Cincinnati at all. I know that they've they've been using the portal to try to supplement and that they had kind of a rude awakening welcome into Power 5 football last year. We got to hope that they don't have their footing all the way yet and that we're one step ahead of them. But I imagine that game's going to be a tough one for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, just starting with Kansas, you bring up Jalen Daniels. This is not somebody, I feel like maybe this is for for people that are new, a little bit more new um, to watching Big 12 football, which I feel like there were a lot of Pac-12 fans last year starting to take a real interest because they knew that it was going to be the last season. Jalen Daniels has been playing college football for, for some time now, since 2020. And he, I feel like this coming season is going to be, I don't want to say it's his year, but in mm-hmm. reality, it's going to be his year if he's 100% healthy to really put some tape together to eventually move on to the NFL because I think you've seen flashes that he has that potential. His best season was in 2022, completed 66% of his passes, threw for 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. We know he is not just a passing quarterback. He is very versatile. Um, So it is going to be interesting to see. I had somebody throw a message up uh, on Twitter saying that Bobby Hurley needs to be on the sidelines for that Kansas game when they come to town. We obviously know how Arizona State <laughs> takes care of business when it comes to these Jayhawks. But Utah is another interesting one. We know last season, I mean, we did the post-game show together. Like, I, I think that was the post-game show that we did and you were bringing up the, what was it, the the daily quotes or the, the quotes of the day that you needed because it was just that bad. Um, it was one of the, the worst games of the season for Arizona State. Part of that because they were just outclassed, outmatched. Um, and they just didn't really have the depth and the star power last season to, to make it a real competitive game. And we know Kenny has been on record multiple times talking about just how important it is to establish a culture like they have in Utah, like Kyle Whittingham has really tried to build over there. And we've seen it time and again. We'll see, obviously, if Cam Rising is healthy. I think college football fans in general just want to see Cam Rising one last time. Um, because nobody wants to see Cam Rising a seventh year or an eighth year. So just be done <laughs> be done after six, and we'll call it a career after that. Cincinnati, like you mentioned, they did have a pretty down season last year. Part of that, I feel like being with Luke Fickle still being gone, um, and, and then obviously just it was a rude a rude awakening for, for the Bearcats uh, to have, have to play in a conference like the Big 12, but... You know, I think ASU did get out. May I don't want to say scot free, but the fact that you don't have to play too late into the season in Cincinnati, I think, is probably a, a good thing. Can we pull up the graphic just so I have got an idea of when exactly we play? Let's see, Cincinnati, October nineteenth. So yeah, it shouldn't be shouldn't be snowing. It shouldn't be anything too crazy. Knock on wood. Uh, so the Sun Devils shouldn't have to worry about all that. But going over to Oklahoma State, you've got that game um, November second. Arizona State, after the Cincinnati game that we just talked about, has their second bye week of the season. We talked about the importance of that first one, kind of being able to evaluate yourself 
after not only non-conference play, but that first conference game. Now another opportunity for Arizona State to evaluate itself after three games. And realistically, two of those three probably being the toughest games of the season for Arizona State. I think that bye week might be even more crucial for ASU just from a health standpoint, being able to play that back half of the season. Man, who would have thought two years ago that we would have a back-to-back-to-back with Oklahoma State? That's crazy. That is crazy. Times are changing. (laughs) (laughs) I also have a question for you. Um, because it hasn't become an issue yet, but I'm assuming that it's going to be a thing. Are we going to have like a certain built in level of animosity with Cincinnati? Like they are the Bearcats. They are what university of Arizona thinks, (laughs) thinks they are that they are. Yeah. I just, I just wonder if that, if that makes anybody else tense up a little bit. I think anytime, how many, how many cats are in this conference? Three. Wildcats, Bearcats. Yeah. K-State feels like they're the original for sure. Yeah. U of A doesn't really know what they are. Right. And then Cincinnati is like the amalgamation of both. Yeah. I suppose. (laughs) Down down with all Wildcats, I guess. A Pokemon evolution of these schools' mascots. I don't think think it'll be an issue. I think when it comes to maybe when that game comes around – There is probably going to be folks on social media, probably some signs in the stands. I don't know if there's ever going to be a real rivalry to it until, you know, these two teams maybe go back and forth a couple seasons. I do think when we go through this schedule, there are some just natural born rivals. Like I do think Texas Tech will eventually turn into a real hatred for Arizona State just because I feel like these two teams are so similar. We know the Arizona State-Texas Tech game years and years ago with Pat Mahomes and Caleb Elage trading touchdowns. The year after that, uh, Nick Shimanick. It led Texas Tech to a win over Arizona State with that aerial attack. Um, So we'll see, obviously. But I I don't think there's going to be any real animosity, maybe just faked for social media. Do you think there's going to be? I don't know, but I'm I'm thinking about what you just brought up. And so if the if if the Bearcats are the son of Kansas State and Arizona, who is mom and who is dad? I guess I just want to know who is mom and who is dad. You know what I'm kind of glad uh, about being in the Big 12 is that like we're not joining the conference where our colors already exist. Yeah. Because I think about Texas Tech and Cincinnati and I'm like, well, that's the, the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, and then you, your- you think about Kansas State and Arizona State, same nickname. That's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have any ill will with Kansas State. I, I really don't. But with, to, to answer your, your first question of who's mom, who's dad, it really depends. Do you want to call Kansas State daddy or mommy? Or do you want to call <laughs> the Wildcats daddy or mommy? And, and that's just that's just what it comes down to. I think for some people, it might be easier to, to just call Kansas State dad. And maybe the Wildcats can be the stepmom or something. I don't know. It is what it All is. Right. When the All-City Network expands to Cincinnati, well, this will be an interesting question. <laughs> Who That'll is, be the who inaugural is, show. Who is daddy? Yes. Who is daddy? <laughs> that is awesome. So look, after that bye week for Arizona State, then you've got the Sun Devils taking on Oklahoma State. Like you said, third season in a row. They're at Stillwater. We know what Gundy has done with that program. It feels like he's been there for an eternity. His son was a quarterback there 
for what last season he was part of that mm-hmm. I don't want to say a three-headed monster I'll say a quarterback carousel because that's what it was quarterbacks just constantly coming in coming out he transferred to Alabama did he not I think that was a joke oh was <laughs> it really that, I think the, the edit was a joke Let's see. um I think he's still in the portal uh, um and I, it might actually be his nephew mm. um yeah Gunner Gundy uh I I believe, I mean, as of a month ago, still in the portal, still, uh, and he's still listed on Twitter as a quarterback at Oklahoma State. Uh, but he's got he's got his pinned tweet um, that he's in the portal, and his last okay. tweet that he has up is that he got an offer from Ohio. I do believe that the quarterback that we faced off against got like a seventh year of eligibility, <sighs> and they're still going to have Ollie Gordon, who was probably a top three running back in the country. Yeah, last year, so. Gonna be a tall task. Um, they're obviously incredibly well coached. I thought, you know, Arizona State had every opportunity to win that game last year, and Arizona State wasn't at full strength. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. That was really the Oklahoma State game. That came before or after the Fresno State game. That came before, right? Before, yeah. Okay, so that fourth quarter is really when the wheels started to come off the whole thing, <laughs> right before you got into uh, Fresno State. But yeah, Gunner Gundy still in the portal. I mean, it's. An interesting situation with the the quarterbacks for, for some of these schools. I feel like if you've got a guy with his seventh year, he's going in his seventh season, like he's got to be the favorite, right, to to be the starting quarterback moving forward. Regardless, though, I, I think when you're talking and, and looking at this Big 12 schedule, where and when is pretty important. Again, Arizona yeah. State taking on Oklahoma State on the road. I think that is the biggest part of this matchup. So I'm going to give you an Alan Bowman fact that is uh, pretty wild. He was coached in college by Cliff Kingsbury. What? So yeah, he was. He's been playing. He that was long? actually. Yeah, he was at he was at Texas Tech in 2018 and 2019 and 2020. Um, and then 21 and 22, he was at Michigan, and last year he was at Oklahoma State. He'll be back at o- Oklahoma State this next year. That's absurd. Yeah, so he played for Kingsbury at at Texas Tech, and he's still going. Wow. I mean, look, he's not a quitter. I'll give him that. He just continues to go. A lot of quarterbacks that we're talking about, they're not like they're not too young. I know Iowa State's got a pretty young quarterback that they're going to be throwing out there. Um, But for for the most part, some of these teams that Arizona State is going to play, you talk about Kansas, you talk about Utah, Oklahoma State. Obviously, we know Arizona will get to at the tail end. They've got some quarterbacks that made some noise last season, so it will be interesting to to obviously see Arizona State at Oklahoma State for that third time. Guys, look, we're talking about the 2024 Big 12 schedule for Arizona State. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If you want to make some money on Big 12 football, again, still Still feels weird to say. Or maybe you don't want to bet on college football. It's too early. I get it. You don't want to pick conference winners. That's understandable. But you could still bet on the NBA. Obviously, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. Heck, you could bet on the Pro Bowl if you want, guys. But whenever you do it, do it on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Guys, download that BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account and place a wager in the amount 
of at least $5 at standard odds price. And once you've placed a bet, you guys are going to receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. That is free money. Just to recap, sign up for BetMGM and use that bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5. You'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details at Allison to Damon. Talk about the discussion. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877 8 hope and Y or text hope and Y 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Let's say you win some money on the BetMGM Sportsback app. Well, where are you going to take it? Where are you going to double it? You're going to do it. Over at Gila Resorts and Casinos, or maybe you just want to have yourself a little staycation, guys. Nobody does it better. They offer an authentic and immersive experience unlike anybody else in the Valley with an unprecedented level of entertainment and excitement that quite literally is the best around. They haven't just set a high bar. They have set the highest of bars with their state-of-the-art gaming floor. It has it all with over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and live table games, not to mention Arizona's largest casino sportsbook. Head over to Gila River Resorts and Casinos and let them show you what Next Level is all about. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playathila.com for more details. Ralph, we've gone through, what, eight games so far? Where mm-hmm. do you feel like the Sun Devils are at after week eight? And I know this is way, way too early predictions. We don't know so much about what's going to be transpiring with this team. We haven't even hit spring ball yet. Still like a month and a half away from that. But after eight games, do you have any sort of inkling where you feel like Arizona State might be? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, my friend Rob Reyes, Jedi ASU on Twitter, fan favorite of everybody's. He likes to uh, He likes to assign decimals. Um, to the wins and then just kind of take the total, right? So to me, uh, the first three games, I feel like they can win. Um, but if you give Mississippi State a 75% chance, you give Texas Tech a half, you give Kansas a half, you give Utah maybe 0.25, and you give Cincinnati a half, then maybe you're looking at like a five and three through okay. through eight uh, through uh, through eight weeks. And I feel like uh, Arizona State fans at this point would take five and three bowl eligibility on the line going into the last four games. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're... If you're five and three after the Oklahoma State game with UCF, Kansas State, BYU, and, and then the Territorial Cup, I think you are feeling like already the season was a success. And then, then you're like, where can we go from here? Right? Then you're like, okay, how far can we push the limits? Because we saw what this team could do off season wise when they were three and nine. What could this team do if they find a way to go eight and four? Right? Like that. Then you're starting to talk about. Okay, this this team, this staff, everybody is is really elevating this program faster than maybe people thought. Because even though we're sitting in year two, I feel like there's still a good chunk of people that are like, okay, year three is when you're going to see the most of this program. Whereas if you're able to get to, like you said, potentially a five and three with teams like you, you lost to Kansas, you lost to Utah, and, and let's say you lost to. I don't know, Oklahoma State or Mississippi State, one of those teams. I think ASU fans will absolutely take that. You're hopefully feeling healthy after, you know, the two bye weeks. You're a win away from bowl eligibility. And I think that would be certainly a solid way to push into the back half of the season where you've got UCF at home, which I know the Wildcats, they travel to Florida for that mm-hmm. game. That's that's going to be totally weird. But you've got UCF, who from everything that I've seen, they've they've had a pretty good offseason in terms of recruiting. 
Is that like, do you think that makes a significant difference in this game moving forward? The first meeting between these two teams as conference opponents? Okay, so this is my artificial rival. <laughs> this is it. This is the one school that I want smoke with more than any of the other schools. I'm all in on Arizona State University of Central Florida being the rivalry. They're the two cities that have the most to do. Um, UCF's best memory in football is going 13-0 and uh, with Scott Frost. Our best memory in football is shutting out Scott Frost 19 nothing. Um you know they're they're in uh we're the what we're the Florida the Southwest pretty much and uh, and and Florida's East Coast Arizona right um you know they've gotten a couple of really good quarterbacks out of the state of Arizona in recruiting uh, they're very excited about moving like this is a new stage for them yeah uh, it would be nice to little brother them as the other greatest city in uh in the Big Twelve footprint um. Yeah, I want I and their fans are nuts and I think their fans are proof of concept for what Arizona State fans could be mm-hmm. in this new era. So I have respect for them, but I want to beat them and I want to beat them every time. So they're going to be a very good team. If you've seen their schedule, it is a murderer's row outside right. of two non-con games that aren't I think Sam Houston and I think they play like New Hampshire. And then after that, it is hold on tight, baby. Like they, they got Florida, like the Florida, Florida. Um, and then uh, they just the, their, the road games that they have are pretty intense. It, wow. It's no days off after their first two weeks of the season to me. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. They got New Hampshire, Sam Houston. Um, and then they've got at TCU, their home versus Colorado, at Florida, Cincinnati, at Iowa State versus BYU at home against Arizona, which they're calling the space game. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> then they've got Arizona State right after that at West Virginia. Um, they've got to play in Utah November 29th, and then or they're, they're home against Utah, and then oh, okay. the championship game. Um, yeah, they, they they got out with that one. They didn't have to play in Utah at the end of Ending November. Ending with Utah is insane, though. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I looked at yeah, and that also just goes to show you how strange the college football landscape is. You know, the the um that Utah isn't ending with Colorado or the unholy war, holy war, whatever they call it. But they gotta go <laughs> they gotta go to Orlando, Florida for uh for a nice little vacation. Um I don't know. I, I think that I think UCF is gonna have an interesting time getting their footing this year. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna be one of those footholds. No. And so that game I've circled as being extremely important on a personal level. I just believe that they could make good rivals. I get that any rivalry at this point is artificial and it has to come out of something. But I look at Tempe and I look at Orlando and I'm like, this is like they're East Coast us. Yeah. The destination cities in the Big 12 for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think Disney, Disney World. Chuck box pretty much the same <laughs> one in the same one a one b and we're not even going to say Chuck box Chuck box is not one b okay let's just let's just get that clear you you bring up the the UCF schedule and the the tail end of that is that Utah game we could be talking about that being a wildly important game for Utah down the stretch when you talk about their place trying to get into that big 12 championship game deciding obviously what they are going to be uh, in their first year back to the Big 12. But after UCF, Arizona State at Kansas State, November 16th, 
Um, don't anticipate that being the warmest of games. And look, I said earlier that I didn't really have any beef with Kansas State, but now that I think about it, Saul Bookman, he's an Arizona Wildcat, and he's also a big Kansas State guy. So now I do have beef. I do have beef with Kansas State, but that is <laughs> simply because of GM Saul Bookman. Look, Kansas State, it's been interesting to watch their growth over the mm-hmm. last few seasons as a program. I think, again, you put them in the same category as an Oregon State where for a while it was just like, oh, they were another bottom feeder in the conference. And all of a sudden, this is multiple years in a row now where we're seeing Kansas State as an AP top 25 team playing in some good bowl games. And if you're like an Arizona State fan thinking that, oh, we're on the road at Kansas State, it's Kansas State, and you haven't been watching Big 12 football over the last couple of seasons, buckle up because this is this is another tough opponent that Arizona State is going to have to face late in the season. Yeah, and then so this is the other side of it. I, I artificially like Kansas State. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, my wife, I, I think I'm going to go to this game. My wife used to live there. She hasn't been back in 25 years. I think I make an interesting uh, trip. I drove through Manhattan for the first time two years ago. It is shockingly nice compared to 90% of Kansas. Um, and uh, and, and I, I've always respected their fans. I've been to every bowl game that they've played uh, in, in the state of Arizona in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Um, my mother-in-law went to school there. Like I, I'm, uh, we got some, some connections here, but I, I also like how passionate their fan base is. And I love how pissed off they are that, you know, they lost their quarterback and like, they, they don't want to play second place to anybody. Oh yeah. You know, they, they hate it. And I'm a big Chris Kleiman fan. Again, anybody who came through that North Dakota state, um, coaching tree uh he took over for craig bowl continued to win national championships and has you know made a nice run for himself in in manhattan kansas i'm i I don't know what they're gonna look like as a team because again you know losing your quarterback might kind of be like losing your whole identity um but i think that they're gonna be they're definitely gonna be uh one of the more interesting matchups and i think that Arizona State fans, um, the based on just a couple of tweets I've sent out, have circled this on their calendar as the one they're thinking about traveling to the most. Yeah, we had LTC in the chat. He said, still owe them for the 2002 Holiday Bowl. If you're unfamiliar with for that sure. one, Kansas State, uh, the sixth-ranked team in the nation at that point, took down Arizona State 34-27 to in the Holiday Bowl. Kansas State scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter. Ralph, <laughs> am I am I remembering this incorrectly? Did their quarterback get arrested after that game? Um, let e- me check. Eli Roberson. Let's see. Am I my? If I'm making this up, I am so sorry. But I have this like faint memory of Kansas State beating us in the Holiday Bowl, and then their quarterback going to jail. Let's see. <laughs> Maybe I made it up as like a revenge fantasy. <laughs> You're like, no, he was definitely. Let's see. No, I think. Um, he didn't get arrested, but there was an issue with, with Eli Roberson. It it didn't end up, he didn't end up getting charged, but yeah, there was, um, Oh, he was an incident. He was in Arizona. Mistook for another man in Arizona. Okay, cool. Apologies. (laughs) I see it. You really tribute. I, I, yeah, I've like, I've like convoluted multiple years. I just be, remember being really mad at Kansas State and then something bad happened to them. And I was in my early 20s and I was like, that's what you get. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Look, at Kansas State, November 16th, then Arizona State back at home, BYU. Want to talk about a, it, it just feels like you talk, you talk about the potential rivalries. This feels like, <laughs> this feels like it, the, it's, 
going to be the a rivalry. Borgable. It has oh, yeah. the potential to be the Borgable. Like, Trayson just transferred to BYU. We still got Trent Money. Still to, got Trent Money. You know, I don't know what the odds are of it happening, but I am all in on the idea of two brothers who were very much overlooked in the recruiting process being able to square off against each other on the on the highest stage. Um, the, even the possibility of it is very, very cool. It's the heaven and hell game, man. That's what it's going to be called for sure. You got BYU at Arizona State. The signs, the signs at Mountain America Stadium, Sun Devil Stadium, I feel like are going to be just, just, they're going to be a lot. They're going to be a lot to handle, I would say, in that game. I just want, uh, here's what I want. Here's what, and I want this for BYU because <laughs> last week they got admonished by Mark Pope and and by the by security and everybody else for wearing shirts that spelled out horns down in the front row against Texas. Against Arizona State, just let the BYU kids be. Let them do what they're going to do. And, and I say this as a I say this as a Wyoming fan. These dudes have been getting tortillas thrown at them for 30 years. <laughs> People harass BYU on every single field that they play. Just give them one night to let loose in Tempe. Say what they're going to say. Chant what they're going to chant. Everybody be cool. It's just a game. Let them let off some steam. They're buying tickets. And they're going to buy a lot of tickets. Yeah, um, they have quite quite a stronghold that fan base does uh, in in the valley. And um, I'm I, I'm at this point I'm I'm surprised that it's not in the same way that BYU Arizona was a couple years back, like a neutral field Glendale thing. Yeah, because I bet you anything like that forty five thousand tickets isn't going to be enough because you're going to have a lot of houses divided. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm really excited about it. And for the first time in college football history, this is not a dig. It's the truth. For the first time in college football history because of the extra COVID eligibility, you actually have a lot of teams out here that are the same age as BYU players. <laughs> There'll be a little <laughs> bit more of an even matchup physically, and I'm excited for that as well. Look, I I I think and this may be going out there too much, me thinking too far ahead. The more times that BYU has to play in Tempe, you might have a BYU to ASU pipeline from the transfer portal from players hitting nail, hitting Old Town after after the game. So we'll see what transpires. Maybe keep an eye on the transfer portal uh, at the end of the season just to see. Hey, it's late in the season too. Like it's the the second to last game of the regular season for these schools. So you, you never know. You might start to see some BYU hey, players transfer. We, we got we got Jacob Conover the one time. It all that's the number one domino. Let's keep it going. <laughs> he was the first one. First one, man. We got short bus in the chat with another another 199 super chat. Thank you for that saying at the end. Can we get Ralph top five hate list? <laughs> Please, Big 12. Also a 199 super chat from Sharon. Thank you. Saying happy birthday to Will in the chat. That is awesome. Happy birthday, Will. Um, yeah, Ralph, we'll get your hate list here in a second. But I imagine one of the schools is going to be the school that we're about to talk about because you end the season the same way you always do with the Arizona Wildcats, except this time you're on the road. Obviously, this past season was in Tempe. Um, it has been a wild, wild year. January of 24 has been for the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, obviously, up and down, Jed Fish, players, your athletic department, blah, 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 blah. But I still feel like this Territorial Cup game, there's going to be a lot on the line for both of these programs. And in reality, it'll be the first time that Brenton Brennan looks in the mirror and sees his younger, better version of himself, Kenny Dillingham. (laughs) 
This is tough, and I, I I'm I'm never gonna like align with Arizona State fans on 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 everything when it comes to University of Arizona, but I was a huge Khalil Tate fan in in high school and in college. I got made fun of uh, for that all the time. I've I, I've always liked Brent Brennan. When we play them, it's very much going to be like the Wesley Snipes with a gun and a tear <laughs> meme. Hey, what we're about to do to you, buddy. Um, <laughs> But like I do, I do want to whoop Danny Gonzalez's ass. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I'm Danny. What are you doing? Yeah. But um, he just I, needed I guess, a job, man. <laughs> Sometimes just he just needed a job. job. He just needed a job. But now we got to go out and prove his original sentiment about University of Arizona correctly. Yeah. Um, and and then maybe just maybe there'll be a spot coaching linebackers or something like that for him in Tempe. Um, oh, best of luck to, to coach Gonzalez. But I, I will say this, it it's going to, that game being on the road after what happened last year is it's going to be nice because yeah. you don't want to just get it back. You want to get it all the way back, you know, and, and to, to do something about what happened last year on their home field is going to be the goal for the entire season. And I'm sure that they feel the same way. There's been spy versus spy for as long as there's been college football. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're in a situation where I'm glad that they kept a lot of the players that they did because it's not just, you know, revenge for the laundry at this point. Mm. You get to try to stop Noah Fafita and try to stop T-Mac one more time. And uh, I think that that's going to be that's going to be good. There's not going to be any excuses if and when Arizona State does win that game. It's not gonna be like, well, we lost Jen Fish and Noah's gone and T-Mac's gone. Like that's. <laughs> You know, the, the they'll be they'll be uh, crying hot tears over losing with their best on the field, which is the same thing that I would hope that they hoped for us uh, this upcoming year that we actually are able to feel the roster, yeah, um, that can compete on the football field with other football teams, and 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 if that ends up being the thing that you know, because a lot of people are going to pick them to to run away with the Big Twelve, people who aren't on the Utah train, my guess is they're going to go full Arizona. Um, I would hope that we're the ones that make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to that, to that get back game for sure. And I think when you talk about just the big 12 in general, right, this obviously being the first year that a lot of teams are playing in new conferences. I think there is a level of comfort, comfort for ASU fans and something that they can still look forward to that obviously one of the the greatest rivalries in the history of college sports between Arizona and and Arizona state, I think is going to be huge. And again, like, Jed Fish gone, Noah Fafita, T-Mac back, obviously Kenny Dillingham and company trying to make some noise this offseason. It really is going to be a much more exciting game, I would say, for Arizona State fans heading into that Territorial Cup than this past one. I do want to get to Hank's Super Chat. Uh, this is a funny one. Super Chat and $5. Super Chat and 5 bucks just to make Short Bus look like a <laughs> Love it. Oh, and then man. Short, ba- Short Bus right back at him with a one ninety nine Super Chat. Just Super Chatting more of Hank's tactics tax dollars incredible back and forth man absolutely love it do you want to get to your your hate list here sure i'll I'll get i'll give it a shot i didn't have much time to prepare but out of respect for for short bus and the and the 199 super chats i will say this um if you have not seen short bus do stand up like he he hosts and opens a lot of these shows that happen in the Phoenix area. I've had the pleasure of seeing him multiple times. He didn't even believe me. I think the first time that I told him that, but um, it's always fun, man. And 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 I appreciate how passionate of a fan he's he's been and how much he held it down when we stunk. Um, and so uh, I've, I'm I'm always a big fan of his. Um, 
and don't let anybody make you look cheap. And, uh, but, but for, as far as like the things that I hate, let's say things I hate about the big 12. Um, okay. Number five, the th- conference that we're going to kowtowed to university of Texas and the whole horns down thing and made it a penalty. So screw the big 12 forever for that. That is the corniest thing of all time. Truly somebody being bothered does not mean that it's not sportsmanlike. And just because they're your heavy hitter, like you made everybody look bad. You made people not want to take your conference seriously. So that's number one. Um, number two, uh, or that's number five. Number four, I would say is, um, UCF, I hate you. I don't know why yet. But I'm going <laughs> to find reasons. Um, congratulations on having a space game with Arizona. You're going to look through each other's telescopes. Cool. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> number three, um, West Virginia fans. You guys are a bit too much for me at this point in time. I look forward to getting to know you better. And also would prefer if I didn't have to. Uh, you're a lot. And I think you know you're a lot. And I live a little bit too close to West Virginia right now to say any more <laughs> than that. Um, two more. Number two, I'm going to say uh, also UCF and your undefeated national championship banner. It was very dumb. You didn't win anything. True. And uh, you're terrible and you're always going to be terrible and we own you. And That's number easy. one is uh there is actually there's a big 12 school um it's it might be like one of the southernmost big 12 schools uh and and pretty much everything about them is terrible um and uh i think you know what i'm talking about yeah that was perfect too because saul bookman just walked in (laughs) while you were talking about that so that is awesome guys we do have one last super chat hank out there saying, watch me make it rain like Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> Hank, Hank got the last laugh on the Super Chat skies, but that is going to do it for the PHNX Sun Devil Show today. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Can I talk to here my, comes I Saul. Talk to my friend? I'm not letting you off the hook there, Ralph. First of all, the southernmost, uh, does Houston one of, not exist? He said one of. One of the southernmost. Also, on, I don't want to get in this beef with the Houston. They had the hand symbol first. The what? They they had the the forks up the first. Forks they up. said so. Now what? Like we're Houston did. We're copy. That's yeah, what they said. What? They've got like their own little weird thing to it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it is. What weird. does it mean? Like what oh, even? Wait. What is it? An H? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's an H. Maybe they thought it was an H. I should, don't know. Should we ask him the the Bearcat question? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so your, uh, I, Ralph can ask it. Ralph prefaced it perfectly. I heard you have some type of affinity for Kansas State. I think that's very cool. Uh, when it comes to Cincinnati and the Bearcats, who is mommy and who is daddy? The Bear Down, the Wildcats, like Arizona, Kansas State. Arizona's always the daddy. Arizona's daddy when it comes to Cincinnati? All right. Somebody make a graphic with the quote, Arizona's daddy when it comes to Cincinnati, and just put a face on it. 
tweet it out. We can do it. We can do it. Oh, my. Short bus and Hank keep going back and forth. We got a 1999 super chat now. Here's to hoping my kid's smart enough to get a Scully. Okay. I'm I'm buying short bus. uh, uh, State 48's on sale today, so I can afford it. I'm going to buy him a shirt today. (laughs) There you go. Guys, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button on your way out. If you enjoyed the content, give us a follow at phnx underscore signups. You can follow me at anthony underscore totri. You can follow Ralph at Ralph. Amson always doing great work as always and you can follow DJ Danielle at Africa Danielle on social guys but that is going to do it we will be back at it on Wednesday in the meantime go Devils peace